It is such a joy to be with you today for Sisterhood. Tonight we are going to be talking about He, God, is our protector. And so I need to tell you a story about one of my children. His name is Shepherd Ray Langston Allen. And shepherd means shepherd, <laughs> one who takes care of sheep. But Ray means protecting hands. So we call him the protector. And so as he's been growing, we've been teaching him what his name means. And so once I was talking to a friend and I said, oh, Shepherd, he's my ride or die, meaning everywhere I go, he goes. If you look at me cross-eyed, you're going to have to deal with him before you even get to my husband. And he was like, no, Mama, I'm your protector, right? And so as cute and as sweet as that is, and heaven help anybody who talks about this boy's mama as he gets older, how much more our Heavenly Father, when someone comes against us, does he say, no, I'm their protector, right? And so I want you to picture all of the strength, all of the force of the creator of the universe. He has put that at our disposal, that no thing, no enemy, no nothing, I know that's not great grammar, can come against his daughters, against his children, because he is our protector. And because he is our protector, he provides us with refuge. And that refuge, there's a lot of definitions that I have here, but the one that I wanna share with you is, is that a refuge is any place that is inaccessible to the enemy. I wanna say that again. A refuge is a place that is inaccessible to the enemy. And our God is our refuge. As we're looking at God providing protection, we can't help but look at the life of David, right? David writes about God's protection. David writes about him being a refuge. He writes about him being a strong tower. David is a great place for any English major, English teacher, because there are metaphors and analogies left and right. It's so much fun, right? David tells us in Psalms 57.1, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. If you know anything about the story of David, he's the guy who killed Goliath. Fast forward, he was anointed king. Fast forward, the current king gets really mad that he was anointed king, and so he decides, I gotta take this guy out before he takes my kingdom. So King Saul, that was the king, chases David for years and years and years. So this is a prayer that David prays as he is running literally for his life from King Saul. And David says, I have made refuge under the shadow of your wings. And so when we think about the shadow of wings, does anybody um, keep chickens? No one? Anyone want to raise your hand and pretend that you raised chickens so that I can see your hand? Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, it's just so kind. Okay, well, if you yourself don't or you know somebody who does, if you've ever seen a hen with her chicks, what do the chicks do? They come and they nestle under the wings of their mother. I think that's true for all birds, but I haven't watched Wild Crats in a while, so I could be wrong. I think this is just a bird thing, but stay with me. The wings of a mother bird is a safe place and refuge 
for her young. And I think it's amazing that God gives us this picture of a mother bird gathering his children under his wings as a place of refuge. Because you know, if you can just get to that safe place with your mom, if you can just get to that safe place with the Lord, nothing can touch you, amen? And so I love that David uses this example of how God provides protection for us. And the way that we live under God's protection, and we're gonna be going through this tonight, is to trust him with a childlike faith, to do our part to make him our refuge, to call on his name, and to confidently walk as children of light. So let's talk about some good news and bad news. If you're anything like me, if someone comes to you and says, I have some good news and I have some bad news, which one do you want first? I want the bad news. Because no matter how bad the bad news is, then the good is going to lift you a little bit, right? And so God does this for us in his word. In John 10, 10, he gives us some good news and some bad news. The bad news first, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Here comes the good news. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. He does it again in John 16, 33. The bad news. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, good news, I have overcome the world. If I were going to have a tattoo, I think it might be this, because I talk about this verse in my own life all of the time. It's like part of my come on Porsche, perk up kind of speech that I give myself. Do you do that? Do you give yourself talks? Because sometimes you just gotta talk to yourself and say, listen here, you're going to have trouble. So we don't need to look at the things that are happening around us. Oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. How could this happen? Because Jesus tells us, in this life you will have trouble. But the good news, take heart, I have overcome the world. In other words, the trouble that you are facing is not going to overcome you. And let me say that one more time. In the name of Jesus, the trouble that you are facing is not going to overcome you because our Lord and Savior has overcome the world. First Peter 5, 8 and 9, here, here it comes again, here comes our bad news. Be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, roar, roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Good news. If we resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by our brothers in the world. So, Satan has an agenda against us, stealing, killing, and destroying. He's going to bring adversity and pressure and affliction. He's on the prowl. He's on the hunt. But Jesus, can everybody say that with me? But Jesus has come to give us abundant life. Jesus has told us that he's overcome the world and that if we will resist the devil, he must leave us alone. Now, here's the thing about the protection of God. We have to actually receive it right? We have to actually acknowledge that it is available for us and to receive it into our lives. Because there are lots of things that we just receive and we don't even think about, but I believe that there are things that the Lord has said, I have provided this for you. I am just asking for you to receive it. Recently, I have felt the Lord say to me, hey, Portia, there is healing that I have for you, but you won't let me heal you. And I was like, what? Of course I want you to heal me, Jesus. Of course I want to be whole. But how many of you know that if you have things in your heart and in your life that are wounded, maybe 
you have stuffed it away because if you stuff it away, then it can callous and you don't feel it as much. But in order for that thing to be healed, it has to come out into the light. And when it comes out into the light, you feel it again. You experience it again. It could have happened 20 years ago, but when you bring it to the surface, it's as if it happened yesterday. But we can trust our good God that allows us to come under the shadow of his wings into that refuge, that place that is inaccessible to the enemy and allow healing to come to our hearts. We must receive the protection that God has given to us. Um, probably, maybe you've heard it said, or maybe you've said it yourself, man, I was so lucky, fill in the blank, that this didn't happen. I was so lucky that blah, blah, blah. Okay, preferences aside, luck didn't have anything to do with it. We serve a good and a gracious God. Every good and perfect gift comes from Him. So when you're riding along, let's say walking, because this happens to me quite a bit, and um, you don't fall in the hole that's right in front of you, not luck, sister. That is God's holy angel going, I got you, sis. I got you, sis, right? Um, or when you're minding your own business, going on a walk or a jog, and a car comes out of nowhere, but you still have your life, not luck. God's hand of protection over your life because we serve a God who cares for his kids. We are not lucking our way through life. God is watching out for us because he is a good heavenly father and he wants us to come to him, receive his protection, mostly like a child. I told you about my shepherd earlier. I have two other kids and they are amazing, but they're not really making it in the stories tonight. These are mostly shepherd stories. That's because he's my ride or die. We spend lots of time together. And speaking of his childlike faith, which is so amazing. So we were practicing worshiping one day and I was like, okay, God, you're so good. He would, God, you're so good. God, you're amazing. God, you're amazing. You're my good shepherd. And he paused and he was like, you're my mama, <laughs> right? I mean, I love that guy. But in his innocence, I'm gonna follow what my mom is telling me to say right now because I know that what my mom is asking me to say is good. I know that how my mom is leading me is right. Do we do that with our Heavenly Father? When he asks us to come to him, will we have that childlike faith? Mark 7:11 talks to us about us humans, if we are evil because of our sin nature, know how to give good gifts to our kids, how much more will our Heavenly Father give us good gifts? And then in Mark chapter 10, verse 15, it says, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means receive it. Now, hear me, this is not act like you're a little kid. This is not talking about the maturity of a child, it's talking about the acceptance of a child. If you've ever had a child be mad at you, 15 minutes later, they're like, what? This has happened to me when I've gone to them, I was like, I want to apologize, they're like, what? I was like, you remember I lost my temper? Now, full disclosure, they're older now and they remember. <laughs> so when I say, please forgive me, they're like, I forgive you for this, but I thought you weren't gonna yell at me anymore. And I was like, I'm working on it and Holy Spirit is working in me. Do you forgive me? Yes, I forgive you, mama. Okay, good. When we are receiving God's kingdom as a child, it is not acting in an immature way. 
It is receiving it at face value so that when God says, I'm going to supply all of your needs, I receive that, I believe it. When God says, I'm going to protect you, we receive that and we believe it. When we say that healing is for today because God's word says that by his stripes we are healed, we receive that, we accept it. When God says, I love you with an everlasting love, we receive it because God said it. So if we're being like a child, not childish, but childlike in receiving what our good Father has told us. Mark eleven twenty four tells us, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. If you have a person or a living creature that you are in charge of, whether, did I say a living person? A living creature that you're in charge of or a person, because I want to encompass everybody, whether you're a parent or not. If you have a plant that's a living thing that you're in charge of, Water it if you have, if this is the first time you've thought about it, maybe water that thing. If you have a pet, they usually let you know that they need things from you, whether it's engagement and play or food or water or to go outside or to go to their litter box. I'm not a cat person, so I don't know exactly what cats do. We do the things necessary to take care of that living creature, that living thing, or if it is a person that you are responsible for. If it's a child, we don't let them play in the street. If it's a summer day, even if you have pigment like me, we still make sure that there's some protection so we don't toast out in the sun, right? We do what we can to make sure that we are taking care of the people that are around us, right? Um, for some of us, that might mean if you're depending on the age of your children, you put them down for a nap. Hallelujah. Can we say hallelujah for rest time? Rest time is good. Um, if you have infants and they say sleep when the baby sleeps, that's just not a nice thing. It's taken me like, let's see, my oldest is 11. I don't know, 10 years to realize that. Yes, I do nap with my five-year-old and I am not ashamed because it strengthens me and recharges me for the mental battle that's coming with those older kids later, right? Um, but with your child or with your pet or with your green plant, because sometimes your green plants are stubborn and they don't want to take in the nutrients that they need, we do the things for them because we care about them, right? Follow me on this logic. There are things that God has put in our life and placed around us that may seem like that he is withholding or being mean to us, but really it is because he is a good and a patient father. And so he has put a boundary or he has said no to a relationship because he knows if we continue on the path that we are going, we're gonna walk outside of his protection. So he said, let's go ahead and stop this now because I love you and I want to protect you because I am a good father. The things that God is saying no to you about are not because he is withholding from you or he wants to keep you away from fun. It is because he is good. It's because he sees the end from the beginning and sometimes he is protecting us from us, right? So let me speak to those who maybe didn't have parents that looked out for you that maybe your parents knew things that were happening to you or around you and they did not put a stop to it. Your earthly parents are not a picture of your heavenly father. Your earthly parents are not a picture of your heavenly father. If they did not keep you safe, if they did not protect you, if they did not love you well, that is not who your heavenly father is. He does love you. He does protect you. He does make good plans for you. We can believe that he is our protector. And I mentioned this earlier, if we're going to believe him, believe that he is our refuge, we have to also 
receive that from him. Okay, here comes another kid's story. Two of my three boys are cuddle bugs. Like, you just have to say the words, do you want to cuddle? And they're like, in my arms, right? And those two that are cuddle bugs, sometimes when they're super upset about life, does life just upset you? Have you ever just been over it? Because we're adults, we use our words, and so we don't just fall on the floor and kick and scream. Although I wonder, what would happen? (laughs) What would happen if we would just return to our four or five-year-old self and just be like, I'm over it, and proceed to tell the world, maybe strip some clothes off, maybe kick some shoes, maybe jump up and down. I don't know. I've really given some serious consideration to this. I haven't done it, but I've thought about it. But in those moments, I wait until they're calmed down, and I will look at them and say, would you like a cuddle? And almost every time, they will say yes, and they will come into my arms, and I will be able to just hold them. They might be crying, they might be huffing and puffing, they might, but to just hold them, and I just begin to breathe with them. Just breathe with them and say, I love you, I'm here. How much more does our Heavenly Father, when we are over it, when life has just come in, that He is saying, can I just hold you, right? Because He is present with us. But there's a difference between knowing He is present and knowing and receiving His presence into our circumstance, right? There's an element of awareness. There is this, God, I am so overwhelmed. I am so fill in the blank of wherever you are. Help me. It doesn't have to be this super eloquent prayer. I'm hurting. I'm tired. I'm angry. I'm so angry. Tell your heavenly father and he will wrap you in his arms. Today, I had a friend pray for me. And when she was finished praying, I asked her and I was like, do you ever experience God's presence like a weighted blanket? Think about it, and this may not be your experience, but sometimes when God's presence is in a very tangible way for me, it's it's almost like I'm being pressed, not in a painful way, but I'm just being pressed and held close. And I just sat there for a second, and I thought, God, thank you for your presence. Because when I am aware that he is there, he's always there, ladies. He promises never to leave you, never to forsake you. He is always with you. When you are aware of his presence, that is when we are believing and receiving his protection for that moment in that season. Amen? I urge you to receive God's protection. God does his part and we do ours. This is where we're going to land in Psalms 91. Verse 1 says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. The first thing that God does is he will give you rest. But what do we have to do? Live in the shelter. And how do we do that? Stay under his presence. I know you were wondering, when is the umbrella going to show up? When it's raining, I'm from Texas, or I claim Texas. And if you've ever been to Texas, when it rains there, Man, it's what I like to call a gully washer because the rain comes so hard and so fast. 
And umbrellas, big umbrellas like this one, not the cheapy 9.99 ones that you can get at some stores that they put out at the front when it's raining and they know you're desperate, so you'll buy it. Um, I can't bring myself to buy the $20 one even when it's raining, because I was like, I wouldn't buy that if it wasn't raining, why am I gonna buy it today? Anyway, big umbrella. Me putting up an umbrella, does it change the fact that it's raining around me? No, it does not. But does this umbrella give me protection? Yes, it does. And for everybody who does not like their hair to get wet, everybody said, amen. But here's the deal. We can come under God's protection. We can live in his shelter. But what a lot of us do, we're like, it's not that bad. And we start to walk out from underneath it. Or worse yet, we get tired of holding it. We, can we get tired of being intentional, coming under his refuge. And then we're just out in the elements, getting soaked, catching our death of a cold. Any grandmothers used to hear that from your grandma or your auntie or someone? I won't, I won't go on a side tangent on that. We must choose to live under the protection of the Most High God. Verse two says, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. This is David who's written Psalms 91, and notice that he hasn't said that he has placed his safety in his soldiers. He hasn't placed his safety in the fact that he's been anointed to be king, his calling. He hasn't placed his safety in who his father is or who is around him, but in God alone, because he is the only one that can rescue and can save us. Verses three and four. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Verses five and six. Because of God's protection, we do not have to be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrow that flies in the day. Let me put this in real words right now. We do not have to be afraid of the wars that are happening across the world. We do not have to be afraid because animosity is happening. We're not not being afraid because it's not in our own country. We are not afraid because we know who our God is. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. For those of you that are thinking about the people that you know personally that have died over the last two years, that does not negate the goodness of God. The evil that we see day in and day out does not change who our Heavenly Father is. He is God and there is none like Him. One of my favorite Psalms says that God is good and He does only good. I strongly encourage you not to allow your theology to be based on simply what you've experienced or you have seen around you. Because as humans, we do not have the full capacity to understand the sovereignty of God. It is not a box in answer of like, this happened because of this, or this happened because of that. And I apologize if someone has said that to you. We don't know. I don't understand all of the things that we experience in our life that are difficult, but I know that Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Verse nine, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. What is our part? 
Stay hidden under the shadow of the wings of God. Live in his shelter. And we do that by giving him our cares and concerns. God, I give you every concern I have over my children today. I declare that all of their days have been written in your book before one of them have come to be. I declare that they will, they will love the Lord, they will serve the Lord, and they will be men of integrity. God, I give you every situation that I am facing right now. The sickness that I have a diagnosis for that I don't understand and seems really scary. I know that your word says by your stripes I am healed and so I receive your healing into my body. I may not see it today, but I'm going to stand on your word knowing that I might see it tomorrow. If I don't see it tomorrow, I'm going to stand on your promise and I'm going to see it the next day. If I don't see it the next day, guess what? Your promises are still true and I'm going to stand on what your word says and I'm not going to allow my circumstances to dictate what the truth of your word is. We make him our refuge when we seek his counsel, when we spend times of refreshing with him. How do you refresh yourself with the Lord? Time with him. Take him with you everywhere that you go, on the way to work, on the way home, while you're washing the dishes, while you're doing the laundry. When you take that deep breath before you go after one of your children. Real, real talk, guys, I'm in it right now and they are godly boys and they will serve the lord but i'd be lying if i didn't say i go to the lord for refreshing so that i am able to raise godly boys <coughs> excuse me we make the lord our refuge when we love him that doesn't mean that you necessarily understand everything that he does but we love him because we trust him and we know that when we stay close to him, when we stay in his shelter, that we are covered and we are protected. When life doesn't match the truth I know about God, I will choose to trust. When life does not match what I know to be true about God, I will choose to trust him because I know that he is God and that he is good and he is faithful. He has hedged us in behind and before. And this comes from Psalms 139, and that means that he has confined and secured us with himself. Finally, when we are walking under the protection of the Lord, we are walking in the safety of his light. Psalms 27.1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? A couple weeks ago, I was driving to church, and I realized that I was going a tad bit too fast on Highway 62, and I was praying, because that's what you do when you're on the way to church, right? And I was praying in my prayer language, and I felt the car slide. And it wasn't a, oh, it was a slide. So my very eloquent prayer, you all know what I said, Jesus. <laughs> And I'm thankful because God protected me that day. There was no one around me, not a car, no one around me, no one to slide into, no guardrail. Somehow that car righted itself. After I said, thank you, Jesus, I slowed down to like 45 <laughs> because it was icy. Portia, why do you bring this up? Because the name of Jesus brings light into every situation where we walk. It may not physically turn on a light for you when you're in a dark house or in your basement when you go to find out what that noise is that you heard. 
But when we call on the name of Jesus, he is present with us and every dark thing has to run. John 1 verses 1 through 5 talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. That word comprehend, another way that we can say it is that the darkness cannot gain control over it or the darkness will never be able to eliminate it. Something that I often do with the boys and with myself is I will run through what I believe. Do I believe that God is God? Yes. Do I believe that he sent his son Jesus for me? Yes. Do I believe that he loves me? Yes. Do I believe he has given me his Holy Spirit to empower me? Yes. Do I believe he has given me everything I need for life and godliness? Yes. What am I doing? I'm reminding myself the truth of God's word. God's word is light for our circumstances. And when we remind ourselves of the truth of God's word, we turn on the light for our circumstance so that we are not walking in darkness. Let's remember to turn the light on. Our desire for you within this body here at this church is that you make the Lord your refuge because as he is your refuge, remember, it is a place that is inaccessible to the enemy. That does not mean that the enemy will not try. He will try to poke. He will try to get in. But we're going to turn the light on. We are going to receive God's protection while we are believing it. We are going to have childlike faith. And because God has said it, we know that it will be true. I'd like to declare this over you. This comes from Isaiah 41.10 and 2 Thessalonians 3.3. God is your protector. So... Fear not, for he is with you. Be not dismayed, for he is your God. He will strengthen you. Yes, he will help you. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand of power. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray for you. God, I ask that you would seal your word over your daughters today. God, I thank you that this isn't just my words. This isn't about Portia. This is about the truth that you were speaking to their hearts. I come against every lie of the enemy in the name of Jesus that would tell them that because this happened or because that happened, that you were not good, you were not faithful, you were not powerful. Those are lies from the pit of hell. God, I break them off in the name of Jesus, and I speak the truth that you are good, you are alive, you are moving on behalf of your daughters because you love them, because you are their protector. 